Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the hidden gold mine sat in your business. There is such a huge opportunity. I think it's sat in every business that I've ever consulted for or advised. Um, and most people just completely ignore it, miss the point, uh, And I think they leave a lot of money and a lot of opportunity on the table. So the, the, this hidden gold mine, if you like, in your business, um, it's sat right in front of you. It's your existing client base, your existing customer base. And I think, you know, this podcast is called Empire Builders. And I don't think you build an empire unless you've A, got a customer base who are raving fans, and B, you have a system, a process to deliberately and consistently serve and retain those clients. So this isn't the sexiest podcast you might listen to, um, not of mine, not of anybody else's for that matter. You know, there's plenty of other uh, episodes on this podcast and plenty of other podcasts out there that will teach you how you can generate loads of new leads and get loads of new customers. But the fact is, the hardest thing to do in business, specifically around sales and marketing, the hardest thing to do um, beyond anything else is get a new customer, get somebody to become a client for the very first time. Um, and a lot of this, um, this I guess, started for me um, with a lesson I learned from a gentleman by the name of Keith Cunningham many, many years ago. And I was attending a, an event of Keith's, a seminar of Keith's in Austin, Texas. Um, and it was actually a, a, a two-day seminar called Plan or Get Slaughtered, which I think is a great name for a seminar. Um, and uh, highly recommended. He runs it at the end of every year. It was in December. And it was the planning for the next 12 months. So great event, highly recommend it. I attended it a few years in a row. Um, and he asked a question that really hit home for me. And the question was, how big and how successful would your business be if you still had every customer you'd ever worked with? How big would your business be if you still had now, today, every customer you'd ever worked with, they were still active, they were still a customer, they were still a client, they were still paying you. Um, and when he asked that question, the answer scared me because it made me realize that um, whilst you know we'd been very strong at sales and marketing and new customer acquisition, um, by the way, this is... 2013, 2014, um, I realized that what we'd been inherently poor at without really realizing it because I hadn't paid attention to it was retention, was getting our clients to renew, to continue to work with us long term. Um, and that was something, like I said, when he asked that question, and I, I actually did some calculations um, and worked out how many customers, how many clients we'd had over the years and how many we had right now. And I went, well, if we still had all of those customers, all of those clients, current, active, um, working in our, at the time, 
mentoring program, coaching program, um, that were still clients of our agency, then you know the business would have been, I can't remember what the number was, but it was like 10 times the size. Um, and it really hit home and made me realize that that was some, something that I'd definitely not paid enough attention to over the previous years. And so I made a commitment to change that. And so um, think about that question now for your business. How big would your business be right now if you still had every client, every customer you'd ever worked with, they were still active and working with you right now? So there's a, there's a few elements that come to mind um, when I think about and I ponder this question. Um, the first one is creating a world-class experience for your clients and for your customers. The better experience you create, the, uh, the more likely they are to stay long-term. I know that sounds obvious, um, but something that I thought about a couple of years ago, and we've done a lot with this over the last couple of years, is how much budget financially, how much resource in terms of team, how much attention do you put into marketing and sales versus customer experience? And, and we would definitely put in a disproportionate amount of resource, energy, money into marketing and sales compared to what we were putting into a customer experience. And so we've changed that over the last couple of years. We've invested heavily in our own training center so that we can give a world-class experience at our headquarters. We've invested heavily in staffing in that department. Um, we've invested heavily in um, even at our events, like the, the venue. We have a much more expensive venue now than we used to. Um, you know, making sure that the food we put on is absolutely top class. All of this, we've really started focusing on more in the last couple of years. And I do believe that it's paid off. Now, the problem with this approach is I can't show you the return on investment on a spreadsheet. Whereas on marketing spend, I can absolutely show you return on investment. So it's much more difficult to quantify the value of investing time, money, resource in customer experience. But what I can say is I am highly confident that there has been a very definite return on investment in all of those areas that we've put our attention and resources into. So I think putting time, energy, resource, money into customer experience, critical. We, we definitely used to have a disproportionate amount of investment on front-end marketing and sales. By the way, this is not to negate or say that front-end marketing and sales isn't important. Of course, it's critical. Um, I think that most people just put more attention there than they do on customer experience and on retention. So um, the second thing then is how how do you measure this? Because you can't really measure return on investment, but what you can measure is customer experience. And so we, in our businesses, we um, survey once a quarter on average, um, all of our main clients, so people that are in my mastermind program, people that are members of the Elite Closing Academy, which is my secondary business, um, we survey them every quarter and we ask a, a, a question that gives us data. So it's not based on gut feel, it's based on actual data and numbers. Um, we ask a question which is, how likely are you to recommend Mastermind to a friend or colleague? And then the answers we get back, we calculate and come up with a score 
um, which is known in industry as net promoter score, um, which gives us a very real number to assess how good we're doing or how well we're doing at creating a world-class experience for our clients. Um, and we measure that number quarter by quarter. And of course, we're looking for a trend. We're looking, is that number going up? In other words, are we doing a better job of creating a great experience? Is it going down? Have we let ourselves slip? Is it staying the same? Um, so we have that number. We measure it every quarter. We do the same thing at our events. So when you come to Expert Empires, when you leave, you probably get a text within half an hour or an hour of leaving the two-day event. Um, you get a text asking you the same question and we keep an eye on that number event after event and we go, did we do a better job on customer experience at this event compared to the last one or worse or about the same? So we're not only am I putting attention on customer experience, but I'm also measuring it as well. And so um, I guess the next thing to discuss is the reason why you would do this commercially, other than having a great reputation, but why is that important? A, of course, it, this does massively impact the effectiveness of your marketing and sales function. So if you've got people, in our case, if I've got people coming to Expert Empires to my live events, uh, when they are coming to my live events, of course, uh, right now we're not running them during COVID, um, but if they're getting a world-class experience when they come to Expert Empires, the marketing and sales of the event after that and the one after that and the one after that is much easier because people have come, they've had a great experience, they're more likely to buy another ticket because they had a great experience last time. And so the more time, effort, resource I put in to delivering a great experience at Expert Empires, the easier it is for us to market and sell tickets to future events. Same thing with higher-end programs like our Mastermind. The more time, effort, money we put into creating a great experience there, the easier it is, of course, because we have raving fans, we have people that talk about us on social and that refer and introduce friends and colleagues and family members. Because they do that, well, that's, let's say, for example, and we've actually got a load of examples of this in our mastermind. So um, one of our clients, she's amazing, got great results in her first year in mastermind. She's now in her second year uh, with us. Um, she spoke to her sister who also owns a business in, in a similar industry and said, hey, Mastermind's been amazing for me, you should join. Her sister joined um, and now they've both enrolled in lifetime membership. So not only has that been very good for us commercially because they've spent many tens of thousands of pounds with us over the last couple of years, um, but also guess what? The, the marketing spend to, if you want to think about it commercially, acquire that second customer or that second client was absolutely zero. We didn't have to spend money on ads to get that person's attention. We didn't have to, I didn't even have to pay a salesperson commission to close the deal because it was a referral introduction. I had a quick conversation and she enrolled. So like the cost of sale was practically zero for that second client. Um, and because they were a referral, they were an introduction, they're far more likely to stay uh, long-term and renew. And of course, like I said, they've both now become lifetime members. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. So, um, so retention, I think the reason you would create a great customer experience is so that you get repeat sales from existing customers and they stay long-term, that they, you retain them, they don't cancel if they're on like in our mastermind, some of them are on monthly payment plans that they retain, they don't cancel. And that when it comes to the point of renewing their membership for a second year and a third year and beyond, they're more likely to do that. Um, and measuring, 
I can't stress enough, measuring these metrics is, is crucial. Um, I can't tell you how many people I, I meet in our industry who um, do not know, they know how much, they know what their cost per lead is to the nearest penny. They know what their cost per acquisition is to the nearest penny. They know what their average customer spends, but they can't tell you they can't tell you, um, for example, I can tell you the average length of time a monthly paying mastermind member stays for. I know that number um, at all times. I can tell you what the renewal rate is for somebody at the end of the 12-month program. I know what the average renewal rate is. We keep, we keep a keen eye on all this data because knowing this data, first of all, what you measure improves. That's another lesson I learned from Keith Cunningham. In all cases, whatever you measure improves. If you're, you know, if you're uh, looking to get fitter, healthier, lose some weight, the fact is, as soon as you start measuring your weight consistently, it will improve automatically because your actions will change because you're paying attention to the data. So just by measuring retention rate, just by measuring renewal rate, I guarantee you'll see an uplift because you'll be paying more attention to it. Um, so yeah, I, th I think some of the things that we do to increase retention, um, as I said, great customer experience, critical. Um, let's talk a little bit about renewals. So we've got a pretty good renewal rate, as far as I'm aware, compared to other people in our industry, we've got a very strong renewal rate. At the end of the 12 months, um, the majority of people purchase a second year or third year. Um, so some of the things we do to increase renewals, other than creating a great customer experience, the first one is that when somebody comes to renew, we make them a storming offer. So they get offered the opportunity to purchase a second year and they get a discounted rate compared to new customers. Um, often what we do when they renew is we'll give them additional value that maybe they wouldn't get as a new customer. So we're rewarding people who are taking a second year. And you might say to yourself, well, if you're charging less for the second year versus what your new customers are paying, isn't that like selling yourself short? Um, and I would say, well, you know, could we keep the price the same? Probably. Would they still renew? Maybe. The, the problem is that if you were to do that, um, they're less likely to renew because it, it costs more money. And there's, remember this, the cost of making the second or third or fourth or fifth sale, the marketing cost is zero. You've already footed the bill for acquiring the customer. So um, I think renewals is a big area that people neglect um, looking at the competitors in our industry. I think honestly, um, uh, and again, I'd say this to some of them if they were sat here with me in my office, Honestly, um, I think they pay far too much attention on new customer acquisition and nowhere near enough attention on retention and renewal. Um, and you know, if you can think about this, if you can double your renewal rate, well, actually, let's think about it this way. Even if half of your customers renewed at the end of the year, effectively next year, you would need to make half as many sales, new sales, in order to have the same business. Um, and of course, if half of your customers renew at the end of the year and you make the same amount of new sales next year as you did the, the previous year, you've increased your business by 50% for doing no extra marketing, no extra effort whatsoever. 
So I think paying focus, attention on renewals is critical. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to share with you, which is something we only started doing um, about 14 months ago, um, is actually lifetime memberships. Um, and this is uh, something I actually got from uh, the idea I got from a couple of my friends and mentors in the industry. Um, one guy named Andy Harrington, who I've known for many, many years, a good friend of mine, and uh, another guy called Rob Moore, who you might be aware of, got a great podcast called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Give him a little plug here on our podcast. Um, and, uh, and they both run lifetime offers for their high-end programs, so for their mastermind they would offer a, a, a lifetime membership. And I hadn't done that before. Um, not, not for any reason, I just hadn't really considered it as an option. And so um, that, I think Andy mentioned it to me first and I knew that Rob did it, so I picked his brains on it a little bit. And basically we came up with an offer to do a lifetime membership for a small number of people. We didn't open it to everybody because in Mastermind because we didn't want to, um, you know, we didn't want all of our members to be lifetime because I wasn't sure for the first time of doing it, I wasn't sure a, um, how many would take it, and B, um, you know, if that might eat into our capacity. Uh, so I wanted to test it first. So we, we opened it for 10 people um, to become lifetime members. The fee was more than the annual fee. Um, the fee was about 150% of the annual fee. Um, and it was only available to people that had already been a member for a year plus. Um, and we managed, to, we managed to get 10 people to do a lifetime. So it was six, we did six figures in sales. Um, from doing that promotion. Remember, zero marketing spend, zero. And um, of course, what we've effectively done is we've locked in our fans, the people that are our, uh, you know, our, our, our biggest fans and, um, and loyal members. We've locked them in for the long term now. So we know that they're going to be ambassadors for our program um, for, the, for the foreseeable future for a long time. Um, now, you could argue, well, by doing that, if those people were going to stay long term and keep paying you anyway, haven't you lost money? And I'm like, well, first of all, we'll never know because we don't know how long they would have stayed for. Um, but I know that locking somebody in for, you know, life, uh, having an ambassador and they're more likely to refer and recommend um, is, can only be a good thing. Um, and even if it's cost us a little bit in terms of long-term revenue, it's actually given us more revenue in the short term. Um, and there was no payment plans or anything, so they all paid in a lump sum. So it gave us a revenue injection into the business, which you know now gives us, if you, if you are listening to this and you're still going, yeah, I like this idea, but I still wanna focus on marketing and front-end lead and customer acquisition, well, that chunk of money could be put straight into marketing spend to generate more leads and more new customers. So I, I guess the reason I wanted to do this episode is because um, I'll summarize. First of all, um, most people that I speak to, that I work with, do not focus on tapping into this hidden gold mine. They don't focus on customer retention. They don't have that as a key metric in their business. Um, they don't measure it. They don't pay attention to it. They're not putting anywhere near as much attention into what can we do to retain and keep more of our customers and clients as they do in how can we get more new. I'm not saying don't put time and attention into marketing and new customers and new sales, but I think there should be at least an equal amount of focus, attention and budget put into retention. Um, they don't have a system or process for renewing clients, if you do have 
time-bound contracts like we do. We have a 12-month agreement with people in our mastermind. They don't have, we never used to have a process for renewal. It was like, you get to the end of the year and let's see if somebody wants to renew or not. We now have a process, it's automated. So, you know, because we've got over 150 members in our various programs, you know, we can't just, what, what we found was when we didn't have it automated and we didn't have it as in a process, um, we kind of like, some of them renewed, some of them didn't. It was a bit hit and miss. Um, there was no structure or strategy to it. Having a renewal system means that when somebody's getting to, and I think it is on a 12 month program, when they get to month nine, then it gets flagged to our team and then we start the renewal process. And it takes a few months to um, uh, to let them know that the option for renewal and what the investment's gonna be and then to set up a call to discuss it. All of that takes time, so we have that process in place. Um, and I do think that the more time, energy, resource you put into retention and renewal, the more successful business you will have. I'll leave you with this. When COVID hit at the end of March of this year, I don't know when you're listening to this, you might be listening to this in 2021, 22, or even beyond. So we're in August, 2020. When COVID hit in March of this year, um, my front end marketing and sales system process was disrupted massively. I'm not able, I wasn't able to run Expert Empires, that's our flagship front-end marketing piece. That's how people find out about us and how the majority of people come into our mastermind. That was that disappeared completely. The reason that I was never concerned about the stability of my business was because one, we've got really strong retention of our clients, and two, I know what my renewal rate is and we've got a process for doing it. So even if we acquired very few new customers, we still had a base level of revenue, of income, that we knew would cover all of our fixed costs and then some. So we were never under any pressure for new marketing and new sales. Now the good news is we've found ways to adapt and we've managed to generate new leads, new clients, create new sales opportunities through moving our events online but we haven't been reliant upon that revenue for the business to be sustainable. So I think I can't push hard enough that this really is a hidden gold mine in your business, that renewal rate, retention rate are critical metrics that you should measure, that having some kind of program where people can pay on a monthly subscription will also give your business more stable cash flow and if you do have loyal long-term clients, exploring some kind of lifetime membership ambassador program where they can pay a lump sum for lifetime access, which of course locks them in. It means you get an in you get a cash injection into your business and it means you've got ambassadors that will refer, that will recommend, that will be your testimonials or case studies for use in your marketing can only be a good thing. So um, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Not you know, It's not about marketing and sales and all that new customer acquisition stuff. Bit of a different vibe, bit of a different topic here, um, but equally as important. I'll leave you with a question I started with. Just consider this. How big would your business be if today you still had every client, every customer you'd ever worked with? Thanks for listening. See you soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.